DJ Envy, Angela Yee, and Charlemagne the God. Wake that ass up. The Breakfast Club is on. I love coming here. I'm never not going to come here. You guys are good to me, and return. I'm always going to be good to you. For a lot of people in the hip-hop generation, The Breakfast Club is where people get their information on the topics, on the artists, and everything like that. In that aspect, radio is still important. The Breakfast Club. When my name come up, respect it. Yo 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 And good morning Turks and Caicos. Good morning Charlemagne. How are you? Good morning Angela Yee. Peace to the planet. Guess what day it is? Guess what day it is? Hump day. Dropping the clues bombs for Cinco de Mayo. Not even gonna sit here and act like I know what Cinco de Mayo is. De Mayo. I told you it's when um. They defeated the French, and I guess they had a smaller army, and the French was a way bigger army, so they celebrate that. Okay. When something like that. And it's also my girl Natina's birthday. Happy birthday, Natina. Happy born day, Natina. Drop on the clues bombs for Natina. Natina's a, Natina's a good human. a fun birthday to have. It definitely is, but uh, if you said that somebody won a war, who'd you say? It was a, um, I guess it was a war against the Spanish versus the French. Okay. The, the Spanish had a smaller army. What do you say, Dramos? The Battle of Puebla. It celebrates the Battle of Puebla. So what does tequila and tacos got to do with this? It's just, you know. They're celebrating yeah. a win. Okay. America will find a way to market everything, huh? <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to figure, did they drink tequila and tacos after they won the war? Like, how did that turn into this? Because I've never in my life heard anybody say Cinco de Mayo was about a war, ever. <laughs> every, every, everybody just gets excited to drink. It's and like how have we celebrate the 4th of July or something like that. Yeah, that's the big misconception, though, that it's like Mexican Independence Day, but it's not. It's a celebration of the Battle of Puebla, where the uh, oh. French troops, they retreated. That's Hold on now, so I thought Mexican Independence Day was a whole other thing. Yeah, it's not? A, no, it is a whole other thing. Oh. Yeah, it is a whole other thing. Yeah, but I was point. saying, like, we celebrate the 4th of July and people do fireworks. What does that have to do with anything? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I agree with point. you. I agree with you. That's what I say. We find a way to market a holiday. <laughs> Just like, you know, you put Jesus on Easter, but then you get chocolate bunnies and uh, bunnies that lay <laughs> eggs and bunnies don't even lay no damn eggs. Then you get Christmas as Jesus, what, birthday. And then you got a fat white man sliding down the chimney giving everybody mm. gifts. Huh? How do we? St- how do you still believe in that after all these years? Never mind. You know what? Never mind. <laughs> you, what we got in front page news? Oh, and I just want to say yesterday, because I'm in Turks and Caicos, we went to this place, the Cheshire Hall Museum. What is that? And it was very interesting. So what it is, is they have, they showed us like where the slaves lived. It was a, it's a plantation. Mm-hmm. And they still have like the original mm-hmm. uh buildings from 200 years ago pieces of it so they showed us the master's house they showed us the slave quarters we got to walk inside there's cotton they still have cotton growing there so who the hell picking the cotton i think it's just more for show i did i did pick some just to see what it was like nah hell no i'm cool on that but i'm telling you you could feel like spirits it was a powerful experience. I'm though, sure. I'm, I'm sure. Energy, energy is never lost or destroyed. Just merely transferred from one party to the next. I'm sure the energy there hasn't gone anywhere, especially you know, with the, with the horrendous things that happened there. Mm-hmm. And they had some great energy actually in the front. There's like there was one area that was used just for events and holidays like Christmas and things like that for the slaves to to celebrate. So it was just an interesting experience because sometimes you know you go on vacation and you don't go and take a look at the history. 
So I was just making sure that while we're out here in Turks and Caicos, we're actually seeing what happened on the island. To lose the Turks and Caicos. Learning some things. There's a lot mm-hmm. of there's actually a lot of Breakfast Club listeners in Turks and Caicos. That damn internet is a mother effer. Okay. Yeah, tell me about it. I met some of them. Okay. And listen, <laughs> uh, right. you know it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so today we have Shanti Daz here. Drop on the clues bonds for Shanti Daz. Shanti Daz is the leader of an organization called Silence to Shame. And, you know, they've been out here helping to eradicate the stigma against mental health, especially in the black community for a long time. So I can't wait to talk to Shanti later on. And what we got on front page news, G? Well, let's talk about Derek Chauvin. His legal team is requesting a new trial. They're saying jury misconduct. We'll tell you what their claims are. We don't care, devil. We don't care. Okay? It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. I don't even know where the hell DJ Envy at. DJ, he's off today. That, that, that much I do know. But look I know he has a travel day. I think he's coming to Turks and Caicos. And you forgot to do hump day today. No, I didn't. He did it. You did that? Yeah. Oh. I absolutely. Okay, did. sorry. I missed the, it. You drunk. Let's get in the front page news. She's still drunk. She drunk from la- la- last night. She on vacation. Mm-hmm. Um, so Derek Chauvin's <laughs> legal team is asking for a new trial. They're saying jury misconduct. Now, according to this filing, Derek Chauvin's attorney says the former officer should have a new trial because of interests of justice, abuse of discretion that deprived the defendant of a fair trial, prosecutorial and jury misconduct, errors of law at trial, and a verdict that is contrary to law. So they also said that the jury felt threatened or intimidated, felt race-based pressure during the proceedings, and failed to adhere to instructions during deliberations. And they also said the court failed to sequester the jury during the trial, which resulted to their exposure to prejudicial publicity. Uh, I want Derek Chauvin's whole legal team to shut the F up forever, okay? Let's not be stupid here. A video went viral of that devil Derek Chauvin murdering George Floyd. The whole world saw it. Impossible to escape it. But it also doesn't matter. You killed that man. I don't care how you try to flip it. I don't care how you try to bounce it. I don't care if you get Diddy to remix it. You murdered George Floyd. And no matter how we look at it, you murdered George Floyd. You can look at it with a telescope, glasses, wearing contacts. You killed that man, period. Now, one of the 12 jurors in the trial of Derek Chauvin is also under scrutiny. He was actually, you know, they're asked if they've been to any protests or things like that that have anything to do with um, with anything that could be related to this trial. And one of these jurors, Brandon Mitchell, was pictured at a protest and he's wearing a Black Lives Matter hat and a T-shirt with a picture of Martin Luther King Jr. as well as the phrase, get your knee off our neck and BLM. What's the problem? And some people are feeling like perhaps he was biased. But here is what his explanation is. I asked if I attended any protests for George Floyd or anything for police brutality. Uh, my answer was no, because I hadn't. This particular march was for more so for voting, voter registration, getting people out to get out and vote for the presidential election that was upcoming a couple of months afterward. And this was the only one that you attended? Correct. This is the only thing I attended. So you did not attend the protests for, on behalf of George Floyd or anything like that? No, I didn't. did none of that. Either way, I was going to D.C. for this event, even if George Floyd was still alive, being able to attend the same location where Martin Luther King gave his speech was a historic moment well black people have a lot to protest when we still in bondage and still getting oppressed in so many so many ways it's a lot of different protests that we could attend yes you can uh, attend a protest for for voter suppression you know you can you could attend a protest for somebody else the police killed does that mean you should be ineligible to be on the jury for, 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 well for he's saying it court? wasn't even a protest he said it was literally called the anniversary of the march on washington 
Oh, and it was okay. just a national thing. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't necessarily a protest. It was, and he said, no matter what, he would have been there. But he does maintain that he was extremely honest throughout the entire selection process. But what are you trying you know, to Derek say? Derek Chauvin's attorneys could be using this. What is Derek Chauvin's attorney trying to say? We saw him kill that man. He kneeled on that man's neck for nine minutes plus. Okay, what is he trying to say? What are they trying to say? Listen, they're trying to figure out a way to get him out of jail. Oh, wow. So we shall see what happens because, you know, it was a win when we felt like, okay, at least there's some accountability. But now what? That is very and true. And that is your front page news. All right. We got, um, what's the name of the segment we do? Get it off your chest. Get it, get it off, off your chest. chest. Yeah, we got get Are it you off drunk? Your- no, I'm not drunk. I just keep forgetting. Because I don't know why. We used to call it Tell Them Why You're Mad back in the day, and then we turned it to Get It Off Your Chest. But that was years ago. I know, but it just all feels the same to me. Time for it, the decision, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do Get It Off Your Chest right now. Uh, if you want to tell us why you're blessed, reach out and touch us. 1-800-585-1051. But Whoa. if you want to tell us, you know, why you're angry, why you're upset, you just want to get something off your chest, you can reach out and touch us too. 1-800-585-1051. It is the world's most dangerous morning show. The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. This is your time to get it off your chest, whether you're mad or blessed. So you better have the same energy. We want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Get it off your chest. Who this? You. What's up, son? What's up, Trav? Hey, boo. Boy, you giddy. Your butt wet right now, Trav. I know why. You, I know why your butt wet, Trav. Hey. Let me tell y'all something, man. Drop. I thought of you right away, Trav. For the real is that, the real is that, slope, and then is man, peel that back. J. Cole is on the way, baby. Let's go. I'm actually I'm actually interested to hear J. Cole's new album. I'm not going to lie. As you should be. As should the real. I ain't going to lie. You're the, the first person I thought of, Trav, when that news dropped. I was so hyped. Look, listen. Cardi B, you can finally take a break from carrying the industry on your back because J. Cole is coming. J. Cole is coming, baby. It's going, it's, it's going to be interesting. I like the album cover where he got the basketball goal on fire. Takes me back to his days. Uh, what, was that, what was that project called where he was holding the basketball? Uh, which one? Sideline Story? I don't know. One of them. Yeah, but, he, he played his first album, which is Sideline Story. I can't wait to hear it. I just can't. I can't. I can't wait to hear what what, Cole, what Cole's mindset is right now. Well, thank God we don't have to wait long. Well, and the, the cover represents him being. The LeBron James of rap, baby. Driving a cruise you got to stop, you gotta, you gotta stop saying <laughs> that. You got to stop saying that. Trap can say whatever he wants. This he is just, his favorite just, rapper. He, Let him say what he wants. He That's just, how he feels. He, he just has to stop saying that. Like, he just, like, <laughs> Tim, right, he's so. not the LeBron James of rap. He's more, he's actually more like Tim Duncan, which is more of a compliment. But anyway, uh, get it off your chest. Yo, Good morning. Who's on? this? D Hoya. D Hoya? Yeah. D Ho! What's happening? No, no, calm down. Ask schoolboy Q or somebody what uh you mean. But look, hey, I just want to shout out to all the Latino brothers and sisters. We love y'all, but we need y'all the same that had the same energy that we have on Cinco de Mayo for you that on Juneteenth for us. Because I know out here in Texas, all us black folks, we go hard on Cinco de Mayo and celebrate, but... We need y'all to have that same energy. I don't see the same energy. First of all, first of all, ain't nobody told y'all to celebrate another coach's holiday. Okay? Uh, but they do. They do. And I know y'all have a different dynamic up there on the East Coast with, the, you know, the Latinos and blacks. But down here, it's a little bit different. They they don't accept us as like they do 
I think we got to market Juneteenth a little better. I think we got to focus Juneteenth. Juneteenth needs Some at least... Some people just found out about Juneteenth. That is true. Yeah. The, the Blackish yeah. episode did a lot, but we need at least one day in June where we say this is the day. Is there that day in June for Juneteenth? I don't know. Well, in Texas, you got to realize Galveston is where Juneteenth began at because we were the last people knowing that we was free. So that's where Juneteenth's birthday at. And like you said, I think a lot of uh, information needs to be out there, a lot of history about it needs to be out there so people can understand it more. And maybe we can get some uh, some of our Hispanic brothers and sisters. Eat some barbecue or something. Well, I, I, I don't know. I, actually, I'm lying. It's June 19th. That's why they call it Juneteenth. Mm-hmm. Duh. Juneteenth. It's, a, it's a Saturday this year, too. Okay, we got the day, baby. Let's turn up. Let's turn up. We outside. <laughs> hey, hey, Uncle Charlotte, one more thing. Yes, sir. I need you to uh, check out the Houston podcast, and we need to uh, get that application to get on uh, uh, Black Effect Network. We're the biggest podcast down here in Houston, Texas. What's it called? I know you're getting a lot of love. Dunning Houston podcast, biggest thing in Houston. I'm I'm actually about to launch a podcast from Houston, from two very. Uh, uh, by the time you've been showing the south a lot of love, West Coast we need we need that Texas Louisiana love, man. You from the south, man? You know how we do it. No, I am. I'm I'm launching I'm launching a a, a podcast from Houston. Uh, from two two Houston notables real soon. Okay, well, make sure you put Dunning Houston podcast on that first. Also, MarcelLacy.net. The King of Falsettos. Everybody go check him out. MarcelLacey.net. Go check him out. Johnny Houston Podcast. Check it out. Dirty Houston. All right, King. Have a blessed day. All right, get it off your chest. 1-800-585-1051. That's the number if you want to reach out and touch us. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Get it off your chest. Who's this? Yo, what's going on, Breakfast Club? This is a Sid coming from Maryland. What's going on, Angela Yee? What's up, Uncle Shar? What's Peace up? In. Peace, King. You said you said Sid? A Sid, brother. A Sid. What's happening, King? Nothing, man. Just wanted to uh, talk about mental health and, like, how you doing it. And you really brought it upon myself. And I just wanted to tell everyone to really appreciate and respect and acknowledge mental health is huge, you know? Yeah, we have um, Shanti Daz coming on next hour. Shanti Daz uh, is, is, the, is the founder of an organization called Silence to Shame. They've been out here eradicating the stigma around mental health for a long time. So I can't wait to talk to her next hour. Uh-huh. All right. I'm really looking forward to that. Also, where, where the hell is MB at, man? He's always coming at you for being late. I have no idea, well, MB's brother. Envy's not, not here today. It's him and his wife's anniversary. Oh, the so day of the anniversary? I think it's like their 20, I think, it, or this week or something like that. It's sometime this month, but I know he said they're celebrating, like, going away every weekend or something like that. I think it's their 20 year or something. Well, go ahead, Does rich that make people. Sense? Well, let's give them their flowers for that then. Hey, uh, Sid, I'm going to send you a book, man. I'm going to send you a copy of um The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health by Dr. Rita Walker. You're lying. Okay. Well, <laughs> why would you call him a liar? Why, why is you, that I, your instinct? One thing. You got me so uh, <laughs> dope, Charlemagne. I've been hitting you on the DMs. You are lying. You, uh, you, every day you uh, say you don't really read your DMs that protect that mental health because it's not necessary. I, I definitely agree. But I definitely want that shook one. That's the main one I need. I'm a, I don't have any copies of my book shook one up here, but I, as soon as I get one, I'll mail it to you. But I'm going to definitely send you um, Dr. Rita Walker's The Unapologetic Guide to Black Mental Health. I got a few of those up here, but it's a great, great read. It's one of the most culturally competent books on mental health you could ever read. Yeah, I'm definitely looking for a new read that definitely supports that kind of aspect. So definitely follow me on Instagram, Magical Malik. 
don't commence my name. I was young. M A G I C A L M A L I K. Just send me a DM, Charlamagne. I'm definitely looking forward but to no, that. But no, I'm going to put you on hold to get your address. And you need to definitely change your name because it sounds like you want to be in another Magic oh, Mike man, movie. I know. I know. Just, we'll, we'll talk about that later. All right. I'll put you on hold. And I, I guarantee you he's not going to DM you. <laughs> I'm definitely not. Taylor, get his info. Uh, get it off your chest. Who's this? Yeah, what's up, man? I want to get off my chest. Charlemagne, God. What's up, Charlemagne? Peace, King. How you, brother? I'm good, man. 803 St. Matthew, South Carolina, man. 803, what's happening? I'm going to be down there Friday, man. I'm doing the uh, commencement speech at um South Carolina State University. So I'll be, call, I'll be in Orangeburg. They call, they call me Flatline, man, of Cool Bill Records, man. We live, we from like Flatline. Where are you from, man? I just wanted to let you know, man, we got the hottest song out right now called Cuban Cigars from Cold Bear Records. They call me Flatline. It's an acronym. It stands for the love and the life I never expected. I just want to spit my little verse for you, man. Wait, wait, wait. Slow down. Slow down. <laughs> the love and the life. That's not an acronym for Flatline. That's what I was trying to figure no, out. The love. For, for love and the life oh. I never expected. For love and the life. For I, okay, love you're right. and the life. Okay, and okay, the life okay. I never expected. Okay. All right. Don't embarrass. Don't embarrass the 803 right now. Go ahead. Let me hear something, sir. So this is a riddle. It's called Who Am I? I can kill less who I kill. No names uh-uh. attached. Been in many wars, I ain't never received a scratch. So when they enter them, they may survive. But I'm the main reason that ghetto mother cry. See many die trying to outrun. Me, but murder is a game. I do this for fun. You don't know who you're messing with. I even kill people. Flatline, 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 flatline. Hey, hey, hey. Why is the energy so low this morning? Why do you want to kill people? Why is your name flatline? Why You done killed four people in eight bars. It's a riddle. It's about a bullet. Oh, it's about, it's about a, a bullet. bullet. Well, you got to lead okay. with that, brother. Yeah, we need we need some type of context. <laughs> you, Lee, I'm just saying. Okay. I wow. care less who I kill. No names attached. Been in many wars. I never received a scratch. Some when I enter them, they may survive. But I'm the main reason that girl mother's cry. See many niggas die trying to outrun. Me, but murder is the game. I do it for fun. You don't know who you messing with. I even kill. You don't have to pay me. I even murdered a baby. I love when there's beach, but I hate when it's wasted. Like with those who sell wolf tickets to the cloud. I don't like to get high. Uh, okay. Me too. Listen. I'm ready to not be prepared. Flatline. 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 Okay, make the call, Flatline. Make it Flatline. Make it Flatline. He just ignores you. Flatline the call, please. Just Flatline the whole call. God bless you, Flatline. By the way, bullets don't kill people. People kill people. That's right. People with guns with bullets in them kill people. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and Flatline. Uh, I mean, that's not a bad concept. I mean, we've heard something like that before. What was it? Uh, Nas, I gave you power when he was mm-hmm. rapping from the perspective of a gun. Well, put that over a beat, Flatline, and uh, get back to us. <laughs> now, yeah, you got room report coming up? What'd you up? think about his flow? What'd you think about his flow? I'm biased. I'm from South Carolina. So, you know, I don't even, even though he's terrible, I don't want to say it to him. <laughs> I don't want to tell him that. I don't want to tell him. Cold beer right. records. Flatline. Okay. All right. All right, we got rumor report coming up, you. Yes, and for everybody who's out there trying to date, imagine if a celebrity matched with you on a dating app and then you unfriended them or unlinked with them because you thought it was fake. We'll tell you what happened. You missed your blessing. It's the world's most dangerous <laughs> morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. It's time, time, time. She's spilling the tea. This is the rumor report mm-hmm. with Angela mm-hmm. Yee on The Breakfast Club. Well, get ready for a new J. Cole album. His sixth studio album is expected to come out next Friday on May 14th. He posted, just know this was years in the making. My new album, The Off Season, available everywhere. 
May 14th. Are y'all excited? He also posted the cover artwork. Let the record show that is not a rumor. That is an absolute fact. Okay. J. Cole, I'm going to be out on the 14th. I'm looking forward to it. I mean, you know, J. Cole is one of the leaders of the new school, especially over the past decade. When you talk about the new three-headed monster, to me, it's Kendrick, it's Cole, it's Drake. So, yeah, I'm always interested to hear new music from Cole. He even posted on his Instagram stories. You know, he doesn't ever really post too much. He said, just throw through the city to the off-season dog. Too excited. And he seems very excited about this project. So, which, which, which in turn makes me excited. You know what I mean? To see somebody so in, in, excited about their album coming out. He, he, when he said he was riding through the city, like you said, and he, he got excited about his music, it makes me excited about it. J. Cole's so chill, I can't even picture him being excited. He probably like, still chill. Dog, too excited. <laughs> All right, now Ben Affleck, he was on this dating app. It's called Raya. It's R-A-Y-A. And if y'all don't know, this dating app is like a private membership dating app for people in the entertainment industry. So it's not like anybody could be on here. So if anybody's trying to get on this dating app, you can't just go and sign up. Man, and so a that woman, hard that Ben Affleck got to be on a dating app. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean he's dating, and people had actually called out that he was on this app before, and he was like, uh, "Yeah, guys, I'm dating." He like, sucked that, that much as Batman that he had to get on a dating app. But anyway, this one woman did not believe that it was him, so she unmatched him. Listen to this, Naveen. Why did you unmatch me? It's me. <laughs> <laughs> he sent her a video after she unmatched him because she thought it was fake. But I thought you said that it was an app just for like celebrities. Like, yeah. So, but for some reason, she didn't think it was really Ben Affleck. But who was the woman? Wouldn't she? And no, be a I didn't say it was for celebrity. I said it's for people in the entertainment industry, oh, not to be a celebrity. So it could be executives not... and other stuff too. Mm -hmm. Influencers. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's a membership-only dating app. Okay. Boy, so, times is yeah. hard out here. <laughs> So you do one bad role. You suck his Batman one time, but you know what? That's his second strike because he sucked his dead. Now, hold on. Why do you think being on a dating app means that times are, are bad? For Ben Affleck? For a lot of people, they're very busy. Yeah. Maybe it's hard for him to go out and meet people in person. He's Ben Affleck. And, We're in a pandemic. And, and sometimes, sometimes people, sometimes people also like those apps because people are vetted out before you can even get on there. Like something like this that's membership only. Wasn't he just with J-Lo Monday? This is old. We don't know when this happened. This oh. could have happened months ago. They didn't give an exact date, but she was reminiscing about the time that she unmatched him and he sent that video to her. Lord have mercy. What? I don't think it means times are hard. It just means that I just don't have time, you know, so this I'd still want to date. Mm. All right. Now, 50 Cent status as a big TV producer is not stopping, continuing to grow. He has a new project, Confessions of a Crime Queen, and it just got a straight to series order according to Deadline. It's a first of its kind anthology series. It combines documentary and scripted elements to bring the story to life. It's similar to American Horror Story. So the story and characters will change each season. We'll drop on a clue bombs for Mr. Curtis Jackson. Green light gang. He is not playing at all when it comes to TV and uh, film. I hope y'all paying attention. Because 50 is he absolutely He also said, I love New York, but I live in Houston now. I'll explain later. Swipe left. And that's the news. So I guess they're filming that in Houston. Okay. All right, now Deion Sanders is very upset about the fact that there were no HBCU players in the NFL draft. He said, our kids are being neglected and rejected. I witnessed a multitude of kids that we played against that were more than qualified to be drafted. My prayers are that this won't ever happen again. You know, you know he coaches at an HBCU, Jackson State. Yeah, I mean, that has to be because uh, scouts aren't going to these HBCU games, right? Our scouts aren't taking um, HBCUs as serious as they're taking 
you know, I guess the, I guess the biggest schools because there's absolutely no reason nobody from an HBCU shouldn't have been drafted. Yeah, there were 259 picks in the 2021 NFL draft, and not a single draft pick featured a player from an HBCU. Yeah, you're just not gonna sit here and tell me that you know those kids at the HBCUs aren't good enough. You're not gonna, you can't hand me that. So I would assume the scouts are neglecting the HBCUs. Why? Because they're HBCUs. All right, now let's talk about Chad Johnson. He's going to be fighting on the Floyd Mayweather uh, Logan Paul undercard. <laughs> and so he has agreed to do an exhibition bout that's going to be happening June 6th at the Hard Rock Stadium in Miami Gardens, Florida. And they said it's likely to be a four or six round exhibition bout. The opponent has not been finalized yet, but here is Chad Johnson on the I Am Athlete podcast talking about it. Lena Ellerby, Floyd management manager, hit me like, Hey, listen, man, I got an opportunity for, you know, Floyd fighting June 6th in Miami at the Hard Rock. You can get in there, make it a cool million, you know, and do a few rounds. So I told, I told Ellie, I say, man, let me get back to you because I looked at the dates and the time it, it would take for me to get in adequate shape to be able to do that and not embarrass myself in front of the world. So it's like I got seven, eight weeks. So I hit him back the following morning, ran it through my kids, ran it through the missus. I called Ellie back. I say, man, let's do this. That's the same thing they told Nate Robinson. I don't know when y'all athletes going to realize you can't play boxing, okay? Snoop Dogg said it so eloquently when he said that you can't play boxing. One of y'all not going to be happy until you absolutely positively die in the ring. Mm. Let Nate Robinson be a lesson to you. You can't just get in that boxing ring. There's a science to boxing. Y'all going to get hurt in a real way, depending on who he's fighting. Right. So I guess we'll see. You know, it'll be interesting. Somebody told Nate Robinson the same thing. You can make get in here for a few rounds, make a million dollars. Now, now look. Now, be honest. Does it sound like something you want to watch now that you know he's on the undercard, too? No. As well as watching. No? No. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> period. And oh, not, period. No. Not not for $59.99? No. Hell no. I wouldn't pay $79.99? No you out of your damn mind. I'm, I like, I, I actually paid for a fight last week. I watched um, uh, 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 Ruiz fight. Ruiz fought last week. I watched him fight last week, but but I paid for that. Because Ruiz is an actual boxer, and there were actual boxing matches. Floyd's an actual boxer. Yeah, but not Logan Paul isn't. Uh, Chad Johnson is. I'm not interested. I'm not spending my hard-earned money to watch that. No, <laughs> I watch it on social media. All, right. All the clips will be right on Instagram. Well, that is your rumor report. That's right. We got front page, page news, news coming up next. What are we talking about, you? Man, you know, this Bill Gates, Melinda Gates separation is interesting to me because now there's reports that he took vacations every year with his ex while he was married. Okay, it's getting good. This Gates story is getting good. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance understands that stuff happens, including lapses in auto coverage. At the General, they make it easy to get reinstated and will work with you to keep you covered. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com to find out more. Some restrictions apply. Yes, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is off today. Uh, hello on this fine Wednesday morning. Uh, it's time for yes. front page news. What we got, Yee? Well, let's talk about the separation between Bill Gates and Melinda Gates. And people are also discussing how, you know, they're worth about $127 billion or something mm. like that. So they'll both be fine. But clearly this has been in the works for some time because they already had their separation agreement ready so that by the time they announced that they were getting divorced, all of that part was in place. So you can see this is something that's been in the works. But something that has been interesting has been being talked about. And they're saying that Bill Gates would go on annual trips with an ex-girlfriend. 
Now, there was a 1997 Time profile that resurfaced where he discussed his relationship with his longtime ex-girlfriend, and Wimblad. And basically, per the article, they continue to spend long weekends on the beach together once a year, even after he got married in 1994. And it was agreed upon, I guess, between him and Melinda. So they said uh, they met in 1984. And I guess she's five years older than him. So she was ready for marriage. He wasn't. They remained close friends. They broke up in 1987. And he said, when I was off on my own thinking about marrying Melinda, I called Anne and asked for her approval. She gave it. I said she'd be a good match for him. I said she'd be a good match for she uh, for him because she had intellectual stamina. Even now, he still has this arrangement where he can still go on vacation once a year with his ex. Oh, I thought this was something a little more juicy. I thought Bill had holes. He just had a little ex. What do you, what do you think they're you doing don't on think vacation? That's- you said what? <laughs> What'd you yeah, say? What do you think? I mean, it's a little weird. Like, can you imagine going on vacation once a year with your ex mm-hmm. who you also asked for permission to marry your wife? I mean, we've never dated somebody who's worth a hundred billion dollars. I'm sure that if you <laughs> date somebody that's got a hundred billion dollars, you'll make you'll, you'll you know, you'll make some exceptions. All kinds of concessions. That's all I'm saying. I, I you know, I don't know. You know, the beauty of Bill Gates and Melinda Gates is any date that you go on with them is high level tricking because they're used to a certain lifestyle. So you'll be a part of that lifestyle. Like you can't take Melinda nowhere regular. You can't take Bill nowhere regular. She might love it. I. You think so? Maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Look at Jeff Bezos and his ex-wife Mackenzie. She married a science teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but where you did might they... just be like, she we... might say, "I want some Chick Fil A." No, we say that. But where did they travel? Where did they live? You think she downgraded? You think she's living like a science teacher lived when she's used to living like a base? <laughs> well, no, she has she has money. But what I'm saying is when you have that much money, it's not even about that anymore. Some of the richest people, the, the way that they dress, you wouldn't even think they had money like that. The oh. places that they go to eat, all of that. I know people who are rich who still fly in economy just because they don't feel the need to fly, yeah, fly first class house, or private. What their house look like. Probably don't got to touch right. nothing. You know what I mean? You walk what? in, the temperature adjusts, robots come up to you and serve you. Like, you know, I don't care that they don't dress nice. Look what their crib look like. Where do they travel? They probably got a private jet and a, a, a runway in the backyard. I'm just saying, it's got to be high-level tricking with, with Bill and Melinda. That's all. They're used to a certain lifestyle. If That's that- when you do something real simplistic, and they be like, ooh, I never had Polynesian sauce before. <laughs> 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 all right, now, there's been a lot of violence in Colombia, and I want to make sure that we address this in Bogota, Colombia. Uh, there's been protests that erupted on April 28th. That was in response to a tax proposal by the government of the um, president. And in case you guys don't know what's happening there, there's also a lot of police brutality that's been happening in response uh, to these protests. So what happened is the president proposed a tax reform saying the Colombian state has no money because of the pandemic. So because of that, the shortage of money, which, by the way, people are saying is really caused by corruption by state officials. And it's that's the reason why they don't have it. There's a tax reform that will make working and middle class people pay a 19 percent tax on water, gas, electricity, Internet and sewerage. So imagine you already are struggling financially. And now there's a 19 percent tax imposed on those everyday things and essentials like meat, fish, milk, eggs, tampons, medications, books, rice, All of that. Mm. Now, this reform also imposes new income taxes on people who earn more than 700 U.S. dollars a month. And did you know the minimum salary in Colombia is only 260 U.S. dollars a month? 
So everything has been crushed right now. Uh, unemployment rate is above 14 percent. Poverty, hunger, widespread economic devastation. So that tax reform bill was another slap in the face by the Colombian government during a crisis. That's when thousands of Colombians actually took to the streets. They were striking against this tax reform bill. And now uh, there's been police brutality in response to these protests and people are being killed by the police. So we just want to let you know what's going on in Colombia. Lord have mercy. Just when you think you got it bad, there's always somebody out there who got it worse, right? Mm-hmm. They say, put, mm-hmm. your, they put your problems down and somebody put their problems down. You'll pick your problems back up fast. So yeah, prayers up for everybody in Colombia going through that. All right. Well, that is your front page news. And listen, you know, it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Uh, so coming up next, we have a, a a woman that I love. Her name is Shanti Das. She has an organization called Silence to Shame. They are actually doing a, a virtual gala tonight. You know what I mean? To honor people that are doing the work in the mental health space. So we'll talk to Shanti Das when we come back about that and a whole bunch of other stuff. You know, we got to protect our peace out here and Shanti uh, has some tips on how to do that as well. Okay. So it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. Perfect person to have during Mental Health Awareness Month. Yes. Shanti Das. You might know her from Silence to Shame. Celebrating their fifth year anniversary, by the way. That's right. And congratulations for everything. Thank you so much. How y'all doing? Uh, doing I just great. can't believe Bl- I'm like here with y'all. Word. Like, it feels good, right? Deal. I ain't gonna lie. When I landed in New York, it was like being in a movie. Really? Not seeing a lot of people. It was just weird. It was strange. But weird. I'm just grateful like that we're finally turning the curve a little bit. Uh, you know, I've heard your name so much over the past year. I mean, I always hear your name, but literally over the past year, because I feel like none of us will be the same after this pandemic. Yeah. But it's like so many people saw themselves for the first time, especially in the industry, and they didn't like what they see. So they started having so many questions about their mental health and mental illness. So it was always, I, I need to connect with Silence to Shame and Shanti Dawes. Always. Did you notice that too? I did. And, you know, I'm going to try not to get emotional, but like, you know, this movement started from such a place of pain, mm-hmm. like with mm-hmm. me contemplating taking my own life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we talked about this and I appreciate y'all. This is my fourth time on The Breakfast Club. Like, I feel like, you know, this is the breakfast of champions for me. Like, mm-hmm. I'm, you know, it's such a big deal, but it's so humbling, though, just to know that, like, there's a change and it's, it's a culture that's shifting in our music business. And so many people come to me, Charlemagne, and they'll text me anonymously and colleagues and executives about their anxiety or them being afraid to open up and they're still not at a place where they want to share publicly but the fact that they're telling me it's like a really big deal and I don't want anything in return Mm -hmm. I just want people to be healthy we always reach out and say that we need help for people but how can the family members Mm -hmm. of people dealing with mental illness get assistance yeah so it's funny you ask that um we actually have another family member um that's living with uh bipolar disorder and schizoaffective disorder Mm. and i know when i first went through that with my family it was probably like 2008 2009 and i was you know working at motown at the height of the business and didn't know as much about it and it was my sister my late sister who was like you really need to take a class and so nami which is the national alliance on mental illness and shout out to Nami because they now have a black CEO, Mr. Dan Gillison, who you oh, actually wow. met at Taraji's dinner. Yeah. Um, he said to tell you hello. But they have this great program called Family to Family. And it's for anybody. And it is like a maybe like a 12-week class or 10-week class that kind of takes you through learning about how to care for your loved ones. And I didn't even know those type of resources existed. But I do encourage family members because if your family member has a psychotic break or an episode or has to be put in a mental health hospital, 
it is so traumatic on the family and you have to learn how to deal with it and you have to learn how to properly be there for your loved one and not to be judgmental. So I really encourage people because, you know, mental health is being normalized now, right? Obviously, Mm -hmm. you're one of the, the advocates that normalizes it every day on social media and using your platform here, but it's still a lot we don't know about it. And so dealing with anxiety or, you know, depression is one thing, but when you have a severe mental illness, Nobody really know what to do with that. Shout out to New York because I saw there was like a law passed or something where the cops aren't being called now. Mm -hmm. If there's a mental health issue, there's Mm -hmm. actually a unit, I think, to deal with that. And that's a really big deal because even police officers are not trained properly to know how to deal with people Mm -hmm. who are suffering Mm -hmm. from a psychotic break or serious mental illness. So we got to do more work in that area as well. But going back to the families, like get educated, make it a part of the conversation. You got to deal with the elephant in the room. If you know your daughter or your husband, somebody sitting there talking to themselves at dinner, they need help. But you also got to get help so you can understand how to like navigate this process because it can be debilitating on the families. Sometimes there is a call and there's some a problem with somebody with mental health. And let's say somebody with mental health does something. Let's say hurt somebody else or kill somebody if we go to that far, that distance. What should happen? If you think about it, maybe they weren't on their meds. And if they weren't on their meds, maybe they weren't in their right mind. Should they go to jail for life for mental health or should they get help and then be able to come back out like what do you think should happen in a case like that well i don't think they should go to jail for it because i don't think you know we should criminalize right somebody dealing with mental health issues and it's funny you know suicide in some um cultures not necessarily in western culture but it is a criminal act Mm -hmm. that's why when people say oh such and such committed suicide i don't say that anymore i don't say that my dad committed suicide i say he completed suicide Because it denotes a criminal act. So what I think should happen is Mm. we need more systems in place, especially in these jails, you know, that are all privatized, which that's a whole different subject and scenario. But we need to be able to rehabilitate people from a place of wellness. We need more institutions. And you know how like you have older people who live in um, senior living facilities. Mm -hmm. I wish we had like some type of facilities that would really help people. Right. Because we have short term care where you might go in if you have a psychotic break and they'll keep you for seven to 10 days in a hospital or facility. But then it's like after that, you have to go back and live at home or you may have to go live at a hotel or find somewhere like that. So I think we need more like wellness centers where it's like long-term care. Because even when you look at it like rehab facilities, rehab facilities won't really touch patients who are dealing with severe mental illness because you got to get clean first, as they say then you can deal with the mental health issues. Because I don't think, you know, we need the hospitals or, you know, the mental health institutions like they used to say that were, you know, run by state governments. Because I don't think it was a lot that was happening from a wellness perspective that really helped people kind of assimilate back into society. They just kept you on meds all the time. That's right. And, And so it's just so much work that needs to be done. That's why, like, we need so much money and resources. And the other thing, too, is, like, you're starting your alliance. We need to come together pool our resources and join forces, especially in communities of color. Let's build out these programs. Let's go, you know, a lot of businesses are like not in the same place that they were in from the pandemic. Let's go buy some hotels and turn those into long-term care facilities for someone that might be 30 years old that has a severe mental illness, but we hire the doctors that can treat them there and have these activities from a wellness perspective. Like, that's what I think we need. Mm -hmm. I want to build silence and shame wellness i got a couple of tools in hotels so we can we can but you know what i'm saying like think about that like we don't have enough places especially in our communities to be able to care for our loved ones and i know several families that have been affected because you asked about you know if someone that has a mental illness kills somebody 
oftentimes, you know, we find that statistics show that people with severe mental illnesses aren't necessarily the ones going out doing the crimes, right? And then you see these mass murders and the first thing they want to say from a press perspective is, oh, it was mental health. And and so, yeah, they may have issues, but I don't want to just blame that on mental illness. Mm-hmm. What I have learned through my own experience is that people who have severe mental illness, sometimes they will lash out to those closest to them. That's right. Not necessarily strangers, right? And of course, they aren't in their right frame, frame of mind, so they do need the medication, but they also need talk therapy, psychotherapy. It's just so much more to it. And then especially black folks, it's a lot of pent-up trauma, that we have not dealt with even as a culture. And then you talk about the last year and how we see black and brown babies getting shot right in front of us, men and women now. It's a lot that we have to process. And so if they aren't taking mental health seriously now, I mean, then I hope they are now because we are still hurting as a culture and as a people. And even with the pandemic, y'all, like so many people passed away. We have to watch their funerals like on YouTube. Yeah. So a lot of, I've seen black men who've lost parents and grandparents and people in their families, they still have that pent up. They're not necessarily in therapy. They're not dealing with it. So that grief is taking a toll on them. So even more reason why we as a people need more resources in our community and the society at large. All right, we got more with Shanti Dodds coming up next. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Peace to the planet. <laughs> Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee here. We got the good sister Shanti Dodds from Silence to Shame in the building. Envy? I have a friend of mine that says one of the most difficult things are committing somebody when they feel like there's a, something off. And I was going to ask you, like, how hard is that? And how what can somebody do? Because, you know, your family's the closest. And if your family says, hey, this person, this man or woman needs to get help, they're saying it's so difficult to get somebody committed into a hospital. Why is that? Because you got to do the 5150. The knows, you know? It is very different. And you might be able to speak more to this. But oftentimes, again, when they're not in their right frame of mind or if they're not on medications, of course, they're not going to want to go somewhere mm-hmm. um, against their will. Because in their mind, they don't think anything is wrong with them. Mm-hmm. You know, the government is following them or different things are happening or that's just what it is in their minds. You know, yeah, and that's and probably due to the chemical so imbalance, right? And and sometimes, you know, like I know from a personal perspective, someone that I knew ended up using uh, I think it was called K twelve, that synthetic weed. Oh yeah. And yeah, so yeah, if you yeah, already yeah. have a chemical imbalance, that's gonna have an adverse effect. I'm not a psychiatrist, but I do know enough about when you introduce these foreign substances into your brain and you already have different things going on it's going to make for a perfect storm. And so it's really difficult being able to commit someone that doesn't want to. But, you know, there are different things. um, Different states have different laws where you can do involuntary commitment, you know, and get the judges to do, um, I guess, whatever they need to allow the family to have the person committed. But it is very difficult. And I think some of those laws need to change, too, to make it easier. And then just from an emotional perspective, you know what it is having to call the police or on your son or daughter or mother or like it takes such a huge toll on the family i mean i had a friend who committed suicide last year and like you know when we called to get the wellness check done they told us that they couldn't do any checks because the person hadn't hurt anyone or hurt themselves yeah which is like so what do you do then (laughs) and then she ended up committing suicide i was like what do you do then closest telling them this person needs to be checked on and they're like ah well Wait till they hurt themselves or hurt somebody. That sounds crazy. Yeah, it does sound crazy. And it puts us in a very tough position. And I'm sure that family member is now blaming themselves, but they tried to do everything that they could do. So it's just a lot that still needs to happen. I'm glad people are talking about it. And you see people on IG Live and all the press that mental health is getting now. But again, 
we got to break it down and really look at it from a family perspective and really feel like what can we do to really have some, you know, rules in place and some facilities in place from a long term care perspective. Because we don't even know what the after effects are going to be from this pandemic. Oh, none of us are the same. Mm-hmm. What, what would you say to artists who are struggling, but being open about their struggles? Um, what I would say to music artists, and we've been doing a lot of work, you know, with Silence to Shame and Sony. And the music so you got the partnership with Sony. Yeah. Um, so for artists, first and foremost, I would say lean into your creativity. Um, stay off of social media so much because sometimes scrolling through that timeline and seeing, you know, what people who might have, you know a lot of money you're doing and you're comparing yourself to an artist that's been out in this season, like stop comparing yourself to everybody else and incorporate wellness into your daily regimen. And it's okay to cry. And if you're having a tough time and and then obviously therapy, you know, therapy goes a long way, mm-hmm. <clears throat> excuse me, if you can find the right therapist. And I do know sometimes it's tough because you want somebody that kind of re- can relate to you. I and mean, it may be a little bit tougher because what is it? I think like less than 5% of all clinicians are clinicians of color. Um, But just try to lean into it as much as you can. And the other thing I'll say is don't use recreational drugs or alcohol as a coping mechanism. Now, I can't tell you what to do in your downtime. You know, you want to smoke one, you know, smoke one with your boys, but don't do it because something is wrong. Mm. I mean, also take good care of your physical health too, because mental and physical go hand in hand. I was just physically sick like a month ago um, I thought I had COVID thank God it wasn't but I had um, another severe infection and then it started playing with my mental psyche mm-hmm. and I'm proud to say I'm back in therapy now Dope. I had stopped going for a while but I felt myself kind of teetering and I couldn't really find that joy that I needed so artists need to lean into wellness from a holistic perspective and incorporate it on a daily basis and you had mentioned Sony um, shout out to John Platt and Sony Music Publishing they made us a part of their social justice fund. And so we're creating what's called the soundtrack of mental health. Now you did a panel with me like two years ago, mm-hmm. cause I've been using that brand and essentially we're going to do 60 minute training. So anybody that works in the music industry can get these trainings for free. Mm-hmm. We'll have trainings around understanding mental health, substance abuse, self care, stress management, suicide prevention training. And so Will it save everybody's life? We don't know, but hopefully it will start to save some lives. And you don't know what you don't know, right? right? So if we can educate you and at least inform you, inform your family around how to identify mental illness, how to identify the signs, how to get treatment and and provide them with the resources. And, you know, shout out to Music Cares. They do a lot in terms of substance abuse and they've really added mental health into the fold now. And a lot of artists, especially artists of color, didn't even know those resources existed for mm-hmm. music care. So I want to make sure we're pushing people there as well. Um, but we just, we're trying to do this work, but we need to raise more money because um, we got to hire facilitators and stuff. So that's why, you know, today is a big deal for us um, with National Silence to Shame Day as we continue to raise funds around music and mental health. And y'all have your virtual gala. We do. And what, what is that? What is the virtual gala going to be? <sighs> so uh, somebody I might be sitting next to, I think, is getting on it, too. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I really do. Uh, in that chair over there? <laughs> <laughs> no, I do appreciate the honor. Like, that means a lot because I never set out to be a mental health advocate. I was just telling my story. One of my colleagues, Hillary Dunson, um, was like, y'all need to do a gala. And, you know, we're five years in as an organization. And I was like, well, it's COVID. How are we going to do a gala? And so she's like, just do it virtually. And so... I got on my phone and started texting people and I was like thinking about, I really 
put a lot of thought into who I wanted to honor. So, of course, you were one of the first people Thank you. Um, because of how you use your platform. And so you are getting the Silence to Shame Brave Award for being brave, for opening up every day. And you are so vulnerable and transparent now on social media, and, and you don't know how much that's helping people. Um, so I thank you for that. We're also honoring uh, Michelle Williams. She's done a lot in terms of using Absolutely. her platform and talking about her depression, even from when she was 12 years old. And so I honor her. I was just talking to her the other day, and she was just saying how, you know, people thought that it all came about, you know, when she was in Destiny's Child. And she was like, no, I've, I've dealt with this since I was much younger. Mm-hmm. So her being vulnerable to even share that totally makes her a great candidate to be honored. We're honoring um, Spirit. I love Spirit. She is amazing. She's an African-American female clinician um, in the Atlanta area, but does a lot of national work. And she talks a lot about trauma in the black community and boundaries and that sort of thing. So we're honoring her. And then last but not least, D-Nice, because he shines such a light on our community Mm -hmm. and really helped our mental health. Because there were nights where I was like in the crib alone and... It's almost like I felt the walls closing in on me, but then D-Nice would be live and he was shouting everybody out like you were in the club and, you know, and getting up and moving and dancing. I mean, that's a part of wellness in and of itself. And then we have appearances. Common gave this really great uh, opening for the gala, um, a very personal um, and passionate story. And we have performances from Lecrae and from Anthony Hamilton. And it's just going to be fantastic. Where can they see it? www.silenceashame.com and register um, you know this morning or you can catch it on our YouTube page it's going to be live streamed on our YouTube page at Silence to Shame TV or go to Instagram at Silence to Shame um, and check it out and we're probably going to have it on Facebook and we just got connected through oh I want to shout out the Mental Health Coalition Kenneth mm-hmm. Cole is, is also a part of the gala and he has this fantastic coalition where he put over 30 organizations that are already doing the work um, and so they're doing so much on their part to support us. And so I want to make sure that, you know, you guys utilize Mental Health Coalition uh, as a resource as well. Yeah, I'm part of that with the, with the mental, my mental wealth alliance. I'm actually, I just did something with Kenneth, me and Dr. Alfie. Oh, yeah. For yeah. the um, the one to one. Yep, the one to one. Yeah. And I'm actually um, doing it today. All right. We got more with Shanti Dodds coming up next. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Peace to the planet. <laughs> Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee here. We got the good sister Shanti Dobbs from Silence to Shame in the building. How has your work in the mental health space helped you along your journey? Because you've gone through a lot, losing your sister, things yeah. like that. Uh, that's a great question. Um, I was introduced to this notion called the wounded healer um, from my pastor, Dr. Warnock. And I still feel like I'm going through it. Um, that's why I am back in therapy. Um, I am also probably getting ready to get back on my antidepressants because even though things are going good the foundation is starting to roll now I still have mornings where I struggle mm-hmm. and I just can't get happy again mm-hmm. and I'm not embarrassed to take medication if I need it um, and so doing this work has helped me by being able to pour back into people but I also have to be careful because I'm re-traumatizing myself kind of every time I share the story about wanting to take my own life mm. So I have to, you know, really incorporate breaks and walks into my day. Like once I can get through today in the gala, I'm taking two days off and the rest of the weekend I'm going to go see my mother because I haven't been able to hug her um, since the pandemic started. But I have to be really intentional about the breaks that I take because this is heavy work. And people see the posts, but they don't know what goes on like behind the scenes. And right. and like I mentioned, I, it's an honor to be able to help so many people and strangers. But I also have to protect my peace. 
because sometimes I internalize everybody else's problems and everybody else's trauma. So I have to work twice as hard on my own mental health. Mm. But it's okay. I feel like I was built for this. I'm the EVP of my own, you know, body, if you will. I'm the executive vice president of Shanti Das. So (laughs) I have to take care of myself, right? That's right. You know, you said you you could take yourself off medicine. When do you know when it's okay to stop taking medicine? That's a great question. And I will don't know when. I would say, because I don't want to give any medical advice like that, but you got to talk to your doctor and talk to your therapist and see how they feel like you're doing and how you're progressing. And then when you do it, you're not supposed to just stop cold turkey taking it. You have to wean yourself off of it. That's the mistake I made in the, I thought I was better after like four or five months and I just stopped. It brought me back down to a low. Mm -hmm. So you need to be able to have a real plan and strategy from your doctor, your PCP, as well as your psychiatrist to wean yourself off of it. Because the worst thing you can do is just stop taking it cold turkey. Give them the website, Shanti, so they can donate to Silence to Shame. Yes, so the website is www.silenceshame.com. And also you can text the word silence, S-I-L-E-N-C-E, to 707070. Make sure y'all tune in tonight for the gala. It's going to be turned. We have a lot of great people, but more importantly, we're going to go out here and silence the shame and save some lives. That's right. right. Well, Ashanti dies. Appreciate you again. I love y'all. We love Love you you more. And thank you, Envy, for doing the dance to donate. If you want to do it again in the month of May, we can jump on. We still raising money. And brother brother Charlemagne, we're going to do some more stuff together. Let's do it. Let's take this thing around the world. I'm with it. Let's do it. All right. Let's do it. Guys, it's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Turn the, turn the goddamn mics on. Yes, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne, God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is off today. Salute to Shanti Dawes for pulling up, man. Um, everybody yes. over at Silence to Shame. She's doing her uh, virtual gala tonight, so make sure you check that out at silencetoshame.com. Uh, I want to thank Silence to Shame for honoring me uh, for, the, for the work they feel like I do in the mental health space. So thank you, Silence to Shame. Now, we got a rumor report coming up. Uh, Yee, what we talking about? I guess you about to tell us. Somebody's getting canceled. Prince Charming. Okay. Listen up. It's just in. All the gossip. Gossip. The rumor report. Gossip. With Angela, Angela Yee. It's the rumor report. The Breakfast Club. Well, Disneyland's revamped Snow White ride is now perhaps a target for cancel culture. You know why? Oh, God. No. Because... Why? Prince Charming actually kissed Snow White without her consent while she was sleeping. Yo, leave me alone, yo. <sighs> what? Leave me alone. This is silly. Now, you don't think this is silly? The whole point, she was dead. She's teaching kids that kissing when it hasn't been established if both parties are willing to engage is not okay. But they were to- telling the prince to kiss her because they knew that the kiss from the prince would awaken her. Everybody, would, I just watched Snow White the other day. I don't know why. It was on Disney. My daughters were watching or something. But the, 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 the dwarfs and everybody were crying because they thought she was dead. And they didn't know if the prince could revive her. And then the prince kissed her. She woke up and everybody lived happily ever after. Everybody was happy. Well. This ride at Disneyland right now is an issue for some people. And they're saying that because the ride features that kiss from Prince Charming, it shouldn't have done that. I don't believe it. I don't know. I think you made this whole story I'm serious. <laughs> I don't believe it. Cite your sources. Where did this come from? <laughs> the San Francisco Gate Review. Lord have mercy. Nobody got so nothing else better to talk about. San Francisco Gate Review. They said review. what? They said, why not reimagining the ending and keeping with the spirit of the movie and Snow White's place in the Disney canon, but that avoids this problem? How else is she going to wake up? It was the, wasn't was it the fact that the prince was her true love and she could only be awakened by her true love or something like that? Didn't you say that, that you can't give CPR anymore? Who said that? 
<laughs> I could have sworn you said that there was this whole big thing about not being able to give CPR anymore. I think you drunk. people had an issue with that. <laughs> I don't remember ever having that conversation. I'm telling you. Why would I be having that conversation? No. You were right up here on the radio. I hope we can flash mm -hmm. back to that I one hope day. so, too, because I don't remember that one. <laughs> All right. Now let's talk about Tristan Thompson. According to reports, he's hired uh, lawyers to shoot down these new cheating allegations from Sydney Chase, an Instagram model who was on No Jumper and said this. Sydney, how was Tristan Thompson's It was a peekaboo but baby, it was good. Hold on, hold on. So Tristan Thompson's uncut. I don't know. Don't I'm, I'm talking gossip in the city and Jason Lee. Hayden, what are you doing? I'm ruining lives. What are you doing? <laughs> he told me he was not in a relationship anymore. So I said, okay. How but long we, ago was this? This was, January? I think November. Okay, well, she has since apologized for saying that, but she also is saying it's true, and she also said she did not get a, a cease and desist from anyone. She said the articles are giving false information. Let this be a lesson to not let anyone, no matter the money or fame they have, shut you down or tarnish your name. I hope you do sue them. I really do. I hope you sue the hell out of them. Because, you know, I hate these people that go on these podcasts and say anything just because they know it'll probably end up being a headline. I, yes, he should sue the hell out of them. Right. Well, we'll see what happens. And when she said all he right, was uncut, now, she meant like uncircumcised? Why does that interest you? Because, because, of all the details. No, <laughs> because when you played that clip the first time, I thought you meant like, I thought they were saying like he's uncut, like he's raw and unfiltered. Then it just hit me just like, I don't be paying attention to them chicks when they're talking. And then I heard it just now. I'm like, oh, she means he's uncircumcised. Never mind. Go ahead, G. That's okay. all you? All right. Shut up. <laughs> All right, now let's talk about Stacey Abrams. Who knew that Stacey Abrams also writes romance novels Everybody. and they're going to be actually printing her out-of-print books. They're getting a brand new shelf life. So her first three books, Rules of Engagement, The Art of Desire, and Power of Persuasion have been out of print for years, but now they're going to be coming back out on uh, Berkeley, an imprint of Penguin Random House. We knew about that. We asked her about that when she came to the, uh, the Breakfast Club. A lot of people didn't know this, though, because I see people being like, who knew? We got to get Stacey Abrams on lip service. Mm. But she said, as my first novels, they remain incredibly special to me. The characters and their and their adventures are what I wish to read as a young black woman. Stories that showcase women of color as nuanced, determined, and exciting. And so if you haven't got a chance to read those, now you can. All right. Will Smith is making a YouTube docuseries about getting in shape. I'm sure you guys saw the post of him talking about his dad bod. Well, he's now starring in an unscripted series called Best Shape of My Life. According to Entertainment Tonight, it's a six-part docuseries following him as he tries to get back in the best shape of his life. It'll also feature guest stars like professional athletes, health and fitness experts, doctors, and some other YouTube content creators who will help him out. Listen, it's hard, man. You know what I'm saying? Once you get to a certain age, like, you know, even if you maintain a regular workout routine, I don't know why. It's just some areas where, you know, they just get fluffy. Yeah, your metabolism slows mm -hmm. down. It's just not as easy to lose that weight. It's a pandemic. A lot of us, myself included, have gained weight and are like, okay, we got to get back out there and get it back together. It's not easy. And then it sucks when you're so, over 50, right? Because you can't just go get the surgery. Cause you take, why can't you? You take a little too longer to heal, right? At 50, oh, you don't can't just be know. getting cut open at 50 for no reason. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, uh, Will Smith and Alicia Keys will also be getting their own original series that will lead the way for the handful of shows that they're launching. So Alicia Keys as well. Alicia Keys is bringing fans into a celebration as she celebrates the 20th anniversary of her debut album, Songs in A Minor. 
So it'll be performances, behind-the-scenes footage over the years, and you get to see Alicia Keys work on her upcoming eighth studio album on that show as well. Okay. There's a lot going on right now with all these YouTube originals. Um, They have the Migos. They're doing a docuseries called Ice Cold with hip-hop jewelry, exploring the serious issues that surround racial inequity in America. We talk oh, like, very interesting. We talk like YouTube's not the biggest network in the world. It is. You know what I'm saying? Like, God bless all the TV networks, but there is no bigger network than YouTube. There is nobody getting more eyeballs on them than YouTube. So it only makes sense for YouTube to be doing original programs. All right. And Tammy Roman is revealing that her daughter came out to her as bisexual via text message. Now, Jazz Anderson is her daughter and she has her show um, in the mix. She's a co-host on that show on Fox Soul. And she was talking about using her platform and coming out as bisexual. Here's what she said. I am bisexual. Um, I do look at myself as a bisexual female in 2020. I've been with females and I've been with males. All right. Well, Tammy Roman, in response, has said that she was hurt that her daughter came out via text message. Here's what she said on her own Fox Soul show, Get Into It with T.S. Madison. I'm not trying to sound like I'm not supportive of her journey and her living her truth. But I really want advice on how, as a parent, do I do that when that's not what I was brought up on. I'm still trying to educate myself and learn about the LGBT community. And I in no way want to come off as homophobic because Mm -hmm. I'm not. In all honesty, I cried. I was hurt. That wasn't what I envisioned for my daughter. And then when she chose to come out, she texted me. Mm. That's real. Tammy didn't say nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. That's her truth. You're a parent. You grew that's up. That's really how she felt. Yeah, that's how yeah. you felt. You grew up loving men. That's what you know. You have a daughter. You want to share those same experiences with her, and you find out she's gay. Doesn't like what you like. I can easily see how that could confuse you as a parent. And Tammy says she wants mm-hmm. advice. She wants to be educated. I don't see how you can shame someone looking to learn. And she should be upset that uh, some, some big news like that was sent to her in a text message. You would get mad if your child shared any huge news about themselves like that, you know, via text with you. Pick up the phone, call me, FaceTime me, come see me, something. All right, well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee, and we are getting ready for Donkey of the Day. Yes. Charlemagne, who you giving your donkey to? Uh, four old white men. Mitch McConnell, mm. uh, Ray Garofalo, <laughs> Representative Justin Lafferty of Tennessee, and Colorado State Republican Ron Hanks. They need to all come to the front of the congregation. We'd like to have a word with them, please. All right, when we come back, Donkey of the Day on The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Angela here, and the General Insurance understands that stuff happens, including lapses in auto coverage. At the General, they make it easy to get reinstated and will work with you to keep you covered. Call 800-GENERAL or go to thegeneral.com to find out more. Some restrictions apply. This is America. There is no question that there are problems in this country between police and community. You are a donkey. To the latest on that police killing of a black man. Now to new developments in the deadly spa shooting rampage. Uh, and yesterday was a really bad day for him, and this is what he did. And so we are in a state of emergency. Okay, white supremacist violence is and always has been the number one threat to our society. But I'm also very proud that my wife is white. My wife is white. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. All right, Charlene, please tell me, why was I your donkey of the day? Well, I'm about to tell everybody, okay? Donkey of the Day for Wednesday, May 5th. Cinco de Mayo! Goes to four individuals. 
Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, Republican State Representative Ray Garofalo of Louisiana, Tennessee State Representative Justin Lafferty, and Colorado State Republican Ron Hanks. Okay, if you have any allergic reactions to sodium, don't listen to this donkey of the day because the mayonnaise is heavy with this one. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Too much goddamn mayonnaise. Let the record show Charlemagne the God, Uncle Charlotte, Brother Leonard, whatever you want to call me is on record. It's saying the greatest threat to this country is and always will be old white men in politics. Okay, see the great extraterrestrial philosopher Thanos said it perfectly when he said, as long as there are those who remember what was, there will always be those who cannot accept what can be. That right there is old white male politicians in a nutshell on both sides. Okay, I don't trust any of them because they are used to being at the top of this caste system in America. And one thing about power, you don't want to relinquish it when you've had it. And trust me when I tell you that these old white males in politics see 2040 around the corner and they are losing their minds because of it. What is 2040? Well, white Americans are projected to be less than 50 percent of the population. Don't think for one second. That fear of a black and brown planet isn't making old white men lose their minds. Trust me, if there were some infinity stones out there to be collected, they would be looking for them right now so they can snap our black and brown asses back to wherever the hell we came from. Okay, if they could erase us from history, they absolutely would. Case in point! What they are currently trying to do with the 1619 Project. If you have never read the New York Times 1619 Project, do yourself the biggest favor and go do that, okay? Read it, listen to the podcast, you know, take it in however you can. It came out in 2019 on the 400th anniversary of the arrival of the first enslaved Africans to America, Virginia to be exact, and the 1619 Project accurately depicted the consequences of slavery and the contributions of black people in this country. Salute to Nicole Hannah-Jones. Drop on the clues bombs from Nicole Hannah-Jones. For writing something so impactful that it has made its way into American classrooms, okay? Teach the truth to the youth. Let them know we built this country for free, and this country owes us for the work we put in, okay? And and do you know how I know the 1619 Project is the truth? Because the white man is trying to stop it. Okay, yes, with all that's going on in America, as fragile as America is right now, Mitch McConnell and 40 other Senate Republicans wrote a letter to federal education officials to drop a proposed effort to prioritize history education programs that address systemic racism. They call it a politicized and divisive agenda. They say families did not ask for this divisive nonsense. Voters didn't vote for it. Americans never decided our children should be taught that our country is inherently evil. Oh, this is good stuff. Okay, the reason it's good stuff is because when you hear what these folks are saying, you see why they never taught the enslaved to read or write and why they would punish you if they caught you reading or writing because they don't want you to know the truth. And as long as old white men can tell you his story instead of accurate history, he can keep his foot on our necks. Let's start with Mitch McConnell. Okay, on Monday, he said that he doesn't think 1619 is one of the most important points in U.S. history. Listen. This is about American history and the most important dates in American history. And my view, and I think most Americans think, dates like 1776, the Declaration of Independence, 1787, the Constitution, 1861 to 1865, the Civil War, are sort of the basic tenets of American history. There are a lot of exotic notions about what are the most important points in American history. I simply disagree with the notion that the New York Times laid out there that the year 1619 was one of those years. I disagree. How was 1619 not important, okay? Without slavery, the U.S. would not have become a leading economic power. 
All right, that cotton that became the world's largest commodity without forced migration and forced labor, that doesn't happen. So, yes, that year has to be probably the most important year because the work of the enslaved is what established the USA as a world economic power. Now, uh, Ray Garofalo was arguing against the 1619 Project or what he calls the divisive teaching on race. And he said this. If you're having a discussion on slavery, then you can talk about everything dealing with slavery, the good, the bad, the ugly. The there's, whole. there's no good to slavery, though. Well, then whatever, whatever the case may be. Mm-hmm. Mm. There is no other case, Ray. That's it. Period. Full stop. If you find the good in slavery, it's because you're only looking at it from the perspective of the slave master. If you, the slave master, wouldn't trade places with the enslaved even for a day, there is no good in it. Period. Okay. His stuff gets better, man. You had a couple of GOP lawmakers pushing back on the 1619 project, and they decided to address the three-fifths compromise. You know the three-fifths compromise, where they counted every enslaved black person as three-fifths of a, of, a, of, a, of a human. Okay, this is a Republican representative named Ron Hanks discussing the three-fifths compromise. Listen. Well, actually, we have him talk about a joke. Boy, I know what I'm doing. Okay, you want press that the, one? Press the damn Mr. Lynch uh, might be a good thing for what I'm about to say. No, just kidding. Play it again. Please, <laughs> Being called Mr. Lynch uh, might be a good thing for what I'm about to say. No, just kidding. That's right. Let's stop right there. And the reason I wanted to stop right there and don't get to him talking about the three-fifths compromise because there's nothing to talk about when you're making jokes about lynching, okay? These are our lawmakers, ladies and gentlemen, old white males in politics who start off their points making jokes about lynching. But according to Tim Scott, Kamala Harris, and OG Jim Clyburn, America is not a racist country. Okay, my last old white male politician I'm bringing to the stand is Justin Lafferty, okay? He is a lawmaker in Tennessee who is arguing that the Three-Fifths Compromise should be held up as a positive but bitter part of U.S. history and that the bill would prohibit critical race theory from being taught in Tennessee public schools. Listen. The Three-Fifths Compromise was a direct effort to ensure that Southern states never got the population necessary to continue the practice of slavery everywhere else in the country. We've got nine state representatives. By limiting the number of population in the count, they specifically limited the number of representatives that would be available in the slaveholding states, and they did it for the purpose of ending slavery well before a civil war. Do we talk about that? I don't hear that anywhere Mm. in this conversation across the country. I don't know how we've gotten here, but talking about incorporating another view of history while ignoring the very writings that we have access to is no way to go about it. Start with the truth. Start with what happened. Start with how we got here, and then let's move forward. That's, (laughs) Justin, they are telling the truth, but you can't handle the truth. You don't want the real history of America told. None of y'all do, because... You know, then, you know, folks will start asking for what they're owed. This is your Uncle Charlotte talking. I think they're trying to revise history just so they don't have to have the conversation about reparations because they know they owe. It's just intellectually dishonest to say you want the truth of American history, but then want to dismiss the 1619 Project. You can't heal what you don't reveal. Okay, a country really invested in healing would tell the truth about its history, acknowledge the truth, and then plan with the people it wronged on how to fix it. Okay, salute to the good brother Antonio Parkinson. Uh, He's the chairman of the Black Caucus in the Tennessee House. He worded it perfect when he said Lafferty's comments were offensive. And he said, and I quote, it is impossible to defend policies that protect slavery and fail to account for the full humanity of black people. I don't care if it's policy or how you're counting heads. There is nothing good about slavery. That's it. Full stop. Nothing else to discuss. Why are all politicians lying? 
Okay, you got black elected officials saying America is not a racist country. And to them, I say, well, what is this? Huh? You got old white male politicians telling us there was good aspects to slavery. The three fifths compromise should be held up as a positive and 1619 just wasn't that important of a year. Well, if 1619 wasn't that important of a year, why the hell are y'all going so hard to stop people from teaching about it? Please let Chelsea Handler give Mitch McConnell, Ray Garofalo, Ron Hanks, and Justin Lafferty the biggest hee-haw. Hee-haw! Hee-haw! That is way too much Dan Mayonnaise. Gaffy Griffin, you got anything you want to add to this? Please give this giant jar of mail the biggest hee-haw. That's all? Cracker-ass cracker! Oh, Chris. Chris, why does Chris... Chris is so crazy. Chris, in there. He's so crazy. Okay. Hmm. All right. So much Is that it? That's, that's it. all. That's all we got. I think that's all. All right. Well, Charlamagne, thank you for that donkey of the day. That's right. And up next, we got Ask Ye. Okay. If you want to ask Angela Ye anything, reach out and touch 1 800 585 1051. I don't know how the advice would be today because she's clearly still drunk. Uh, from not, I wasn't drunk You're at all. a liar. You had mimosas this morning. <laughs> you was drinking last night and you had mimosas this morning. I know you did. No, sir. Did you I don't even m- like mimosas? Oh, okay. Well, I'm not even like, yeah, I don't even, I can't even drink orange juice. Oh, okay. Now, Bellini is another thing. So that's what you had this morning. <laughs> no, no. Okay. Cereal. Well, Ask is up next. It's the Breakfast Club. What, 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 what you want to know? Baby mama issues? Need some words of wisdom? Call up now for Ask Yee. 800 585 1051. The Breakfast Club. Come on, Relationship advice? Need personal advice? Just need real advice. Call up now for Ask Ye. Keep it real. What's up? It's a Breakfast Club, and we are doing Ask Ye, where you can call us up 800 585 1051 and ask me anything you want to know. It could be relationships, it could be about work, it could be about friendship. Now we have someone on the line. Good morning. Who's this? Hello, good morning. Okay, so I have a high school sweetheart who is my baby father for six years now. Mm hmm. About two years ago, we was about to move in, and then I found out that he has a two-year-old. Woo! Um, he <laughs> apologized for that, said it was irrelevant, it was a mistake. Irrelevant. Fine. We tried again, then I found out that the girl is pregnant again. Wow. In the same breath, finding out that she's pregnant, here comes his new girlfriend posting him for his birthday. Woo! You ain't so got no confused. boyfriend. Oh, uh, no, that's not my boyfriend. I just need him to leave me alone. Mm-hmm. So right now, we're going through a custody case. I just want to know... What's the best, the best way to handle it? Because he's not happy about that, even if he's the one who initiated the custody case. Um, first of all, I wouldn't speak to him directly. I would have somebody that could be a mediator between the two of you so that you don't he cannot contact you and y'all don't have to con- have conversations with each other right now because it feels like it's too much. Right, but then I try not to have contact with him, but his new girlfriend thinks it's her place to make certain comments. Like telling my daughter to not tell me certain things because I'm going to take her away from them. First of all, y'all are not married. You're irrelevant. Mm. Yeah, and the thing is, when it's affecting your child, that is the number one concern, right? Forget her. Forget him. This is about your child and making sure that she's not in a bad position, making sure that she's growing up the right way, making sure that she's able to express herself because I'm sure it's really confusing for her. And I'm sure that hurts you more than anything, but also makes you angry. Mm Mm-hmm. So, so I just that, try not to do. That feels like something he should be checking. 
right? Because that's his girl. And it feels like he shouldn't be allowing that to happen if he cares about the child. Forget about exactly. you. If he cares about your daughter together, that seems mm-hmm. like it's really disgusting and immature of him. And if I were you, I would make sure I document everything that's going on, everything that oh, you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and use that in court. Chart that we have to um, talk to each other. In. And every time something happens, I will go there and say what's happening because he tends to say that's not true. Mm-hmm. So that's what I've been doing. So I guess I've been doing the right thing. It's just annoying. Right. And probably, I'm sure at times you want to vent. Oh, yes. But, you know, it's just disgusting because he messed up. He cheated on you, had two kids with somebody else on you, has a whole nother girlfriend, did all the wrong things, but then has the nerve to treat you like this. It's disgusting. And to let this affect your child. And it's hard to always be the bigger person, especially when a child is involved. Correct. And I try to do my best when it comes to her. But every time I go to him, it's like, you want to know my business? You're controlling. So I just don't speak to him at all. Right. And, you know, one thing I will say is just make sure you're always talking to your daughter, always telling her how much you love her and letting her know that she could tell you anything. And Mm -hmm. if anything, I would try to get her some somebody that she could talk to also right now just to help her cope and deal with everything and be able to express herself and also help you learn the best ways to handle things. If anything, do you guys, uh, did they order that you guys have to get mediation or some type of... Um, We're currently going for mediation, but now it's going to go to the court because he doesn't want to agree to certain things. Right, because it sounds like y'all need some um, counseling on how you guys can come together and co-parent. Yeah, I think I'm going to go that route. Yeah, I would recommend that. I know people that has done wonders for them. And so I know right now it's hard to see that bigger picture of down the line, how things can possibly potentially improve because you're in the midst of it. But I do feel like somebody that is an outsider can come and help you guys learn to get the right tools to be able to deal with e- with each other because you're going to have to. Because he doesn't want to speak to me on a grown level. Right. So you're going to have to do that. Okay. Well, thank you very much. You're welcome. And I wish you the best of luck. I know it's not easy. It's not. <laughs> All right. All right. This is Ask Yee, and you can call us up right now, 800-585-1051, if you have any questions. I got you. It's The Breakfast Club. Here's some real advice with Angela Yee. It's Ask Yee. What's up? It's The Breakfast Club, and we are in the middle of Ask Yee. Good morning. Who's this? Vanessa. Vanessa. Okay, Vanessa, what's your question this morning? I have a question. Um, so today is my boyfriend's birthday. And he's asking for a uh, birthday present, but we've been doing for four years, and he has never got me anything. What is he Jehovah Witness? He is not. No. <laughs> so, what's his reason for never getting you a birthday present in four years? I don't know. I asked him. He always like shrugs it off or whatever, but he has never got me. That's pretty thoughtless. Does that hurt your feelings? It does. So That's a deeper conversation. It is. And I just feel like, um, I mean, I want to get him something, but then again, like I have that, that spite, I guess. Right. Well, I'm never a fan of moving out of spite. So if you want to get him something, I think that, uh, you should do that but I think y'all really need to discuss this because if you've expressed to him that it bothers you that he's never got you a present if it hurts your feelings then he shouldn't does he get you things on other days like is he thoughtful no girl what is going on <laughs> I love him but you know I'll get him a present but I just wanna you know I don't wanna feel stupid to get him a present even though he has never got me one yeah. 
I mean, look, tit for tat is not a good thing, but what is important is that you guys come to some type of understanding. I've dated guys who haven't been good in relationships. Like, I feel like before me, who did you used to date? And you kind of have to train them a little. But y'all have been together for four years. Yeah. So at, at this point, you should be able to say anything to him. And I think something as small as I need you to be thoughtful. It's not that you need him to buy you a thousand dollar present, but you want him to show that you care. You want him to celebrate your birthday with you. You want him to surprise you exactly so what does he say when you tell him those things like i said he shrugs it off he he moves on to the next question yeah no and then the nerve to want something when he doesn't do that for you i think that takes a lot of nerve it is he's a tourist so i feel like that's where it comes from girl it is not about his sign it is about who he is (laughs) as a person do not use that as an excuse but okay. look, I, if you want to get him something, I would. But I, I feel like y'all really need to have this discussion. Like, I can't understand why your man would not want to do those things for you. And especially if you let him know, I don't, this doesn't make me feel good that you don't celebrate me. Exactly. I'll, I'll and that you don't. Yeah, please. And, you know, maybe this would be you setting the tone also for what it is that you want him to do for you. You know, you're leading by example. Look, you see how you enjoyed this and I got you a present? Just so you know, I like gifts too. Exactly. (laughs) All right. Well, have a good Cinco de Mayo anyway. All right. Bye. Bye, honey. Sheesh. Imagine never getting your girl a present or never getting your man a gift that doesn't even make sense well that was ask ye again the number is 800-585-1051 if you ever want to ask me anything i'm here to help now i got rumors on the way yes and real housewives of new york was on and our first ever black cast member ebony k williams debuted last night we'll tell you what happened that's right it's the world's most the dangerous morning show the breakfast club. club this is the rumor report with angela ye Well, shout out to our girl, Ebony K. Williams. She is the very first black cast member on The Real Housewives of New York City. It's been 13 years that that show has been on, and she made her debut last night. If you guys want a little preview of what happened, here she is talking about who she is, and my girl Leah McSweeney is also on the show, so those are the two people I really would watch for. I wear many hats professionally. I am a lawyer by trade, but I also work as a broadcaster. I currently host a show called Revolt Black News. I think I'm the definition of a multi-hyphenate. Ebony is pretty much the epitome of black girl magic. She is a lawyer. She's an AKA. She's a broadcaster. She took on the president, and she does this all while looking hot as f- wearing Louboutins. I attempted to watch it last night, but I honestly didn't know what the hell was going on. And, and, and I feared for Ebony. <laughs> I feared for Ebony's well-being, being surrounded by all those white women. I kept feeling like I was going to have a panic attack. I was actually, like, like scared for her. I don't know why I kept feeling like something was going to pop off. Well, she had on her Black Lives Matter mask. She had on her Central Park Five sweatshirt with the names of the Central Park Five. You know what I'm saying? Now, Sonia Morgan actually had an awkward moment where she was trying to, quote, welcome Ebony K. Williams. Here's how it went. If you notice, yeah. my fish are every color. I have black, white, you know yellow. What? You look gorgeous. Black and orange. I see black, yeah, biracial fish. Yeah. <laughs> I feel Sonya's trying to connect on the racial diversity element of the moment. But I think the fish effort is a, is a bit lame. I give her two points for trying. 
Eek. Well, a new episode of the Holding Court Podcast with Ebony K. Williams and Dustin Ross uh, drops today on the Black Effect iHeartRadio Podcast Network. Available <laughs> everywhere you listen to podcasts. Subscribe. I know some of that had to be difficult for her. <laughs> All right. Now, this Jay-Z and Nas collaboration album looks like DJ Khaled and Hitboy are petitioning really hard to try to make this a reality. When Jay-Z was on The Breakfast Club, here's what he had to say about a possible collab. Would you ever do a King of New York album with Nas? Like how you, you and Ye did Watch the Throne? Not not probably, not at this point. You know, if I, if I any other collaboration album would have to be with uh, Kanye because, you know, there's chemistry there and we mm-hmm. already know how we work. And I don't really have the time to really, like, just figure out those situations and how a person works. And it's hard to do. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do, especially if you're going to make something great. First of all, it's a Breakfast Club interview for every uh, moment. Just want to throw that out there. And I would like so to. DJ Khaled had posted because Genius said, what's your dream collab album? DJ Khaled responded, Nas and Jay-Z. And then Omega Supreme 914 posted, can we get a Nas Jay-Z album totally produced by Hit Boy? And Hit Boy responded, who want to see it? I would like to hear a Nas and Jay-Z album, R.E.P. titled Success, um, King's Dream and 444 were great projects. I think if they can capture that vibe together, I'd love to hear it. Hit Boy, I definitely want him involved. I don't want Khaled nowhere near it, though. <laughs> Khaled makes great records with a lot of artists, but Jay-Z's not one of them. I don't like Jay and Khaled collaborations. Wow. And sorry, not sorry, it's, it's a good record, but let's be real, Nas and Jay-Z carry that, they carry that song. The beat is decent, I hate the hook, but yeah. That's my final answer. Well, all right. Um, wife and Lucci, he has been named in a 105 count Atlanta Bloods gang racketeering indictment. You know, he was arrested on felony murder in January. He's facing some additional charges, according to reports. He is one of 12 people named in a 75 page, 105 count racketeering indictment focused on factions within the Bloods gang. They said this indictment is unprecedented, period, in Georgia, according to the uh, Fulton County District Attorney. There's been a huge spike in violent crime. I made a commitment to bring the best and the brightest minds here, many of which you see sitting here right now so that we could deal with this issue of this violent crime. So wife and Lucci's attorney is saying that Lucci is innocent. He said he's not a gang member. What he is is an internationally recognized musical artist that is a tri- triple platinum winner that has performed all over the United States and all over the world. So he is already facing an unrelated murder charge in connection to the shooting death of a 28-year-old James Adams last December. He was granted $500,000 bond, but Georgia prosecutors want it revoked. They believe he violated his bond when hitting the studio and going to a strip club. I think I said earlier something to the effect of, uh, you know, you think you got problems till you see somebody else's. This is one of those situations where you think you got problems till you see what YFN Lucci's going through. Whew, it's a lot. I actually had a sit down with him. He flew into New York to do this interview I did with him on Fox Soul that was uh, pretty good and in depth. We talked for like over an hour about everything that was going on in his life. So, so you about to get named in the indictment then. Uh-huh. What do you know? You, Why? What do you know? I know everything y'all know from the interview. I know. I didn't interview him. I didn't sit down with him for an hour. <laughs> okay. Well, it's all out there. So oh, it's already out. Nothing- yeah, it's already oh, out. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> it's out. It's out. <laughs> All right, Naomi Osaka. She is launching a tennis academy in Haiti and in LA. So, y'all interviewed Dr. Umar. Yes, and he we came did. on the show, and he had some. And I wasn't there. He had some things to say about Naomi Osaka. He was upset about the fact that she represents Japan. Here's what he said. Naomi Osaka, I love the sister, right? But guess what? Who is she representing in the upcoming Olympics? She representing Japan. 
So here you have an African sister with a Japanese mother, and instead of going back home to your father's blood, Haiti, you're instead going to represent the Japanese who've never done anything for black folks, but who taught her to play tennis. Her black Haitian father, and until she do something uh, significant for her father's people, who are responsible for the talent that she got. If it wasn't for a Haitian father, Charlemagne, she wouldn't be in that position. Show love to Haiti. Well, it looks like she already had that in the works as this school is going to be launching and uh, this, this tennis uh, academy. So, yes, yeah, she is showing love to Haiti in that way. She's she launching said growing a, up, I, a tennis academy mm -hmm. in Haiti. Yes, and mm -hmm. in L.A. She said, while it was not easy, my family was dedicated to helping me get the access I needed to reach my goals. But unfortunately, not all girls have the same opportunities that I did. So the Play Academy. So get ready for it. Uh, and she said, if you, you're an organization or if you know of one that's passionate about empowering girls through sport, apply for a grant at the link in my bio. So she also has that happening. But she's partnering with Goals Haiti, and that is to reach underrepresented youth. That's the Play Academy that she's uh, been planning and recently announced. Oh, dropping the clues bombs for Naomi. You know, what I mean, she's always very outspoken on 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 matters of race. You know, she is absolutely. She's definitely psychologically black. I've I I I never see her show up as anything else, anything less. Yeah, so that's why I was confused. Like, what are we upset about here? She does a lot. And well, <laughs> well, I, I get I get what he was saying, but he, uh, Dan, come in and explain this, Dan. She's not. Even, I don't think we even know the logistics of why Dan. she plays. It. I think there was a reason for it. Dan knows. Dan, explain why she couldn't. Um, and I think in the United States they didn't Haiti. treat her like. Mm -hmm. So from my understanding is that she was um, born in Japan and a resident of the United States. Therefore, she wasn't even qualified Eligible. to represent Haiti mm -hmm. in the Olympics. Yes. All yes, right. Well, it. there you have it. Mm -hmm. You got to do your Googles. <laughs> no, you can't get everything right. All right, well, that is your rumor report. I'm Angela Yee. All right, now listen, for everybody that's new uh, to The <laughs> Breakfast Club, I know Z93 Jams in Charleston. Drop on the clues bounce Z93 Jams in Charleston. They just started with us this week. At 9 o'clock, we do this thing called the People's Choice Mix. This is where I'm supposed to lie to y'all and tell y'all to call up and request a song. But Envy's not even here, and the mix is pre-recorded anyway. Mm -hmm. So you want me to lie? <laughs> What do you want me to do? Well, normally they used to let me do a Yee mix, but Envy did that because it was getting too much um, popularity. True. That is true. That's all facts. So I guess I'll lie to y'all and say 1-800-585-1051. Call up if you have any requests. But, <laughs> or you, you can know, always tweet. Or you can tweet. About it. You can tweet Envy, yeah. Either way. Tell him what you want to hear. Yeah. Either way, it's pre-recorded, so it don't matter. But he's doing a live from the airport. Live, don't lie, Johnny. See, that's just terrible. Just trying, that's, uh, he's on his flight. Just, just a terrible he's lie, on the right. private jet doing it live. <laughs> Lord have mercy. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. The Breakfast Club. Your mornings will never be the same. Our audible pick of the day is Dispossession by Tayari Jones. It's an emotional story about black mothers and sons performed by Gabrielle Union. Your first 30 days of Audible Plus are free. Sign up at audible.com slash breakfast club. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee, DJ Envy is off today. I got to salute uh, Shanti Doss for pulling up today to talk to us about Silence to Shame. Shanti, tonight, Silence to Shame is doing their um, virtual gala, their virtual gala, because today is actually Silence to Shame Day, so they're doing um, their virtual gala tonight. I think it starts at 7? If I'm not mistaken, but you can go to silence to shame.com and, you know, watch all the people that are being on. It actually starts at eight. 
So, yes, a virtual mm-hmm. experience of music and mental health. It starts at 8 on silencetoshame.com. You can register for your free tickets at silencetoshame.com. Uh, I'm being honored for my work in the mental health space. Michelle Williams, DJ D-Nice, and our, our girl Talk to Spirit, who we have to get on. We got to get Talk to Spirit on this month. Talk to Spirit, you got to fly up to, to New York. We'd love to have you on for Mental Health Awareness Month. So, thank you, Shanti. Yeah, she does great work. We appreciate you so much, Shanti Das, uh, for that. I'm out here trying to get my mental health right here in Turks and Caicos, too. I feel like I've been doing so much work recently. I just And I'm still working while I'm out here, by the way. Zoom calls all day, doing the breakfast club in the morning, but trying to do some things at least while I'm at the pool. But I do want to thank everybody on the island. It's been amazing so far for the little bit of time each day that I have to relax. I have been making sure that I do that, so... It's important. You got to protect your peace, man. Got to stay mentally healthy out here in these streets. When we come back, we got the positive note of the day. It's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Uh-huh. Yep, it's the world's most dangerous morning show, The Breakfast Club. Charlemagne the God, Angela Yee. DJ Envy is off. Uh, Angela Yee. Um, I know you want to go enjoy Turks and Caicos. Yeah, at some point, but I got some things to do. You know, I got some stuff I'm doing with the Brooklyn Nets that I'm excited about. So I have these Zooms to handle all of that today and some virtual things that I'm doing with them. And Essence Fest is coming up. So we're talking about what's going on with Essence Festival. So many things happening. Mastery of Comedy, my show, the the last episode is coming on on Monday. It's been coming on every Monday on Facebook for We The Culture. So make sure you check out those episodes. They are actually really amazing to see these up-and-coming comics getting mentored by established comedians and the help that they give them. And you'll get to see on the last episode just how much they improved over the course of time just from this advice from mentorship. Mentorship is so important. Question, is Essence Fest live this year or is it going to be virtual? Um, I think it's going to be like a hybrid, but I don't want to say too much until they say, but I think they're going to try to do some things. Got you. Well, listen, the positive mm-hmm. note is simply this, man. Uh, black may not crack, but the mind can. So it's A-OK to go to therapy, OK? I saw that on Silence to Shame's uh, page this morning, and I wanted to express that to the people. So remember what I just said. Black may not crack, but the mind can. It's OK to go to therapy. Have a blessed morning. It's The Breakfast Club. Breakfast Club, bitches! Are y'all finished or y'all done?